Okay, Wendy, the recording is in process. Today is January the 11th. January the 11th, 2024. Uh, It is Thursday. This is typically when we do our podcast. And Wendy, we had a list. I mean, we had a you know a vague list of what we at least wanted to go through on our kind of. This is typically the last time we're on for a while. We like yeah. college football. If you if you've never listened to this before, I'm Trey Davis. This is my sister Wendy. We get on here and talk about college football. We're we're Alabama fans, but we're also football fans too. Yes. Um, A lot of our family and our friends listen to this. We communicate through text, and this is something fun that we've done. We've done this for three or four years. Started out being a podcast when I lived in Knoxville. I've recently moved to Birmingham a couple years ago, so me and Wendy started doing this on basically a Zoom call. Right. Uh, But we get on here about once a week and talk about college football. So, um you know, typically we're talking about the games and what's going on, but Wendy, there's one story that has just came out yesterday, which was Wednesday afternoon, and it was the news that Nick Saban, the University of Alabama's football coach, is retiring after, I believe it's 17 seasons, yep. a day that everybody knew was probably coming, but came yesterday, and now yep. we are dealing with the reality, so the wind down show has now turned into a Nick Saban show. Yeah. A grief Wendy, session. <laughs> Wendy, Wendy, uh, now that I've kind of got that set up, what are your thoughts? Where were you when you heard the news? And tell me what you're feeling. So I let me wipe my tears away a little bit. I don't know when you said it, it just like it hits you and in the weirdest way. Um, I was sitting on the couch. Naylee had just gotten home from school, my daughter, and um, she was sitting down. She starts at Tuscaloosa next fall. And she goes, Mom, Nick Saban retired. I said, Oh, honey, they they say every year Nick Saban's gonna retire. And really ignored it. And then you texted, then Gina texted, and I was, and you know, I was like, oh my gosh, is this happening? Um, so I was in absolute shock. It just shocked me. I felt like it came out of nowhere. I think there were some signs this year. There were some things he said that were kind of like, yeah, he's not really liking the direction that football's going. I'm not sure that the kind of coach he is is built for paying people and people not waiting their turns and transferring out because the coach got mad at him and he can't yell at anybody anymore. And everybody's got a mental health crisis. And I, you know, I just really believe that that that's not who he is. So I really felt like this year, but I really thought it would be next year or the year after I thought with us going to a 12 team playoff that he would probably give it one more year to kind of see if any of that helped with those feelings. But Listen, man, he's the greatest to have ever done it. He's the greatest to have ever done it. I, that's all I know to say. What do you, what do you, what were you thinking? Yeah, I, I was at work yesterday and it kind of comes through these Twitter feeds and these, these, these text threads that you're on. And then, and then when you turn it on Paul Feinbaum and Paul Feinbaum's like, yeah, this is happening, then you kind of know it's real. Um, you know, obviously we have several Alabama fans at work. We're all just kind of, you're, you're almost in shock a little yep. bit. Because you kind of knew this was coming. I mean, the guy's not going to be there forever. You knew this was coming. And then as the night goes on and as we wake up today, it just kind of sets in a little bit. And I think for me, and it's probably probably how I felt most of the time he was there, is how much fun this is. 
yeah. how much fun it is to have a coach that puts so much into our program that has, you know, gets the best players in there, has our teams ready to play every game. Um, because as a fan, that's what I want to see. I want to see our players, you know, I want to have good players, but I also want to see our team ready to play every week. Right. And that's, that's, that's kind of the art of a coach a lot of the time. And he was able to do that. And, and you really start reflecting on, you know, the good times that we had with our family, you know, get, we have a big bowl game. We have a national yep. championship game. We're having SEC championship game. And so many of our family events were around watching football. Yeah. So many positive outcomes um, that uh, you know it was it was a special time. Yeah, you know, and, and you know we didn't live through the Bear Bryant era. Um, you know, our dad played at Alabama with Bear Bryant, so we always heard the story. Yes. And, and being in Alabama, you you always hear the stuff about the, the Bear Bryant years, and, and Bear right. Bryant was more of a cultural. He was he played at Alabama. He was more of a cultural figure on the sidelines. Right. It was almost like he was one of our guys doing it and he was really good at it. Right. Um, Nick, Nick Saban was a little bit different. He comes from a different part of the country. Um, and, and you kind of thought he was kind of a guy to come in here and change the program. He might've been here five or six years and, and move on, but he ended up staying and giving us fans um, a lot to cheer about and a lot to have, yeah. you know, a, a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, well, so and that, you know, that's we're... really what I was thinking. For ages, you know, I'm 45 and my brother's 44. So I don't I don't think a lot of fans remember this, but Alabama was terrible when yeah. I was growing up. Like we just were not good. We got Gene Stallings in there, and I think I'm gonna say I think 1990 or something. And he won his one national championship and he won his one SEC championship. I think it was the same year, 92. So it's not like we had then, after we fired him, then we hired people like DeBose, Sheila. We had Mike Price, but he couldn't stay away from the strip club. We've got the wife that came on ESPN and said her husband wasn't going to go coach at Alabama. Rodriguez. We were a, it was a, a it was a show. It was, I didn't grow up winning a bunch of games, right? right. So you, here I am at 29, 30 years old. Nick Saban comes in. I've had, in, when I feel good, I'm young, I've got energy. I've had 17 weir- years of not having a losing season. I've not had a losing season in 17 years. It doesn't mean that I've won a national championship every year or that we were the greatest every year, but I've not had a losing season. So growing up, just for people to understand, I just we didn't have winning seasons. So we were in dog fights with Arkansas and Mississippi State every single year that I grew up. So yeah. we've just we've been able as a fan base, a spoiled fan base at this point, um, to really live our best life if, as a fan of the Alabama football team. The, our absolute mm-hmm. best life has been the last 17 years as far as a sport that we happen to love goes, right? So I think what's just I think what's just so hard is it just really did feel like it just dropped. Like there didn't, you know, he's been recruiting his tail off ever since. So like you just, we've got the number two recruiting class as we sit here right now. We've got kids coming back. We almost won another national championship. We were this close. They had to beat us in overtime. Like I just yeah. really thought he'd come back for one more year. Um, but, you well, know, go ahead. 
Yeah, well, I don't know, just, just, you know, but it almost kind of makes sense now that it's like, oh, he was recruiting hard. And it's almost like this is such a Nick Saban thing to be working as hard as he can work until he kind of signs out. And I think, yep. he, you know, I think, I think he probably knew this earlier on in the year that this was trending in this direction. Um, and he ended up working, you know, doing his job, which is, I guess right. is a big mantra, do your job. He was doing yep. his job all the way up until till the final deal. And, 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 you know, some things are definitely going to change. Winnie, I wrote some things down. We're going to get Chris Arnold, Macho, in here in a second. You know, I remember where I was when Nick Saban was hired. I was yep. literally in a car going down to Demopolis, Alabama. You know, I was going on a sales call that day, and it was all over the radio. Uh, obviously a big deal. I, I went to the Alabama Clemson game, which was either his uh, – it was either his first or second year. I think it was his second year maybe in Atlanta – when yep. he kind of had his team started rolling in Alabama, really dominated the highly ranked Clemson team. Yep. That's when you kind of knew things were different. I think one of my funniest memories was with a late friend of mine, Scott Bailey, he's passed on now, but was when Alabama went to the national championship game in Pasadena when they played Texas, which was the first one that, that we had been back to. And uh, eight or nine of us go out there, but me and Scott were sitting together and everybody was kind of sitting in twos. Right. With the tickets, even though we had eight or 10 people with us, but I was sitting with Scott. And if you remember that game, Alabama's playing Texas in the national championship game out there, and Colt McCoy gets hurt. Yeah. Towards the end of the first half. Well, in that stadium, it's hard to get down to the bathrooms. It's, it's, it's kind of an older stadium. And me and Scott looked at each other, and I've been to 100 football games with Scott. And I said, listen, there's a minute and 40 something seconds left on the clock. Texas has the ball. They're going to run this clock out, get to halftime and try to figure out their quarterback situation. Right. You know, I mean, Colt McCoy was a great quarterback and they were, they had their backup quarterback. I said, they're going to, they're going to try to get this thing over and get this thing figured out at halftime. So me and Scott go down. And if you'll remember the game, we go down and we're in the bathroom and this place explodes. I mean, when I say explodes, I mean, people are going crazy. Well, that's the famous Darius play where Darius either strip sack, whatever yep. it was, and ran it back into the touchdown. So one of the biggest plays in Alabama history, you didn't see it. In, in Nick Saban's history, me and Scott are in the bathroom at the Rose Bowl, and we're just like, yeah, we're, yeah we, we, uh, we figured that one out. You so, were trying to beat the rush of the bathroom and ended up missing the biggest play of the game. Yeah, yeah and, and, and probably one of the biggest, ten, you know, the 10 biggest plays in, in Alabama history when, when yep. Saban was there. So those are some of the fun times that, that we had. Uh, I know I took the boys this year to the Alabama-Tennessee yes. game. Really glad I did that. And, and I think for people outside of Alabama, I know people cheer for their teams and they like their team. Yep. And, 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 you know, we're the same way. This is something that's important to us. I don't personally live and die by it. I mean, I'm not like shutting right. the blinds after we lose, but, but this is something that we really like to do. It's like I said earlier in this, it's a place that we can really get our family involved. Yes. And, and, and it is a big deal. I, I think, you know, maybe people from the outside looking at it being like, golly, it's a head coach. He did a good job. He's moved on. I mean, why is this such a big deal? It's just a cultural thing with yep. us. And, and, and it ties into so much part, you know, so many parts of our lives and it will in the future as well. I mean, it, well, it, it, but you have to remember too, though, with 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 where with being in the South in general. I mean, th- football's a huge part of our society down here. It just it just is. And where Trey says he doesn't shut the blinds, I do. When we lose, I don't come out of my room for three or four days. I don't want to talk to anybody. And listen, a lot of that goes back to being a spoiled fan base. But but 
I can tell you who is happy is every other team in college football because they. we all know they have Bama fatigue. I mean, we have been at the top of the game for almost 16 years. I'm going to take that first year he was there out. But for 16 years, we've been at the top of this game. Everybody's greatest day other than Alabama fans was yesterday because now they believe it's back to an even playing field, right? Now we're back even. It's Saban's gone. They've got to get a regular coach and they're going to just kind of be like the rest of us, right? But but I think for me, and I'm going to bring up this one play, but it was was when we brought in Tua. So, you know, we've got Jalen Hurts. The guy's done so great for us. We all love Jalen. And we get to this Georgia National Championship game, and we cannot win. So I'm over at my mom's house. Trey's sick in Alabama with the flu. My sister's in Alabama. And I'm telling mom at about the end of the second quarter, we've got to put the backup quarterback in. I, I, I just don't want to lose without scoring a point to Georgia, right? We were We had zero points. Jalen just wasn't getting it done. So we come out second half. Sure enough, here comes Tua. And that play, second 26, whatever it was, and he throws it to Devontae Smith. Trey, I can literally close my eyes and still see that play. It was the greatest game, in my opinion, one, because it was Georgia, one, because it was SEC against SEC, you know, we put a freshman quarterback in. We've got freshman receivers out there with him. You know, you're just as a fan going, what are we doing? You know what I mean? But okay. And then this guy goes and just absolutely figures out a way to wait, you know, a way to win this game. You know, it's just, it's almost like Saban was so good at figuring out what to do. And he wasn't scared to make big changes. He just wasn't scared to make big changes. So I think at the end of the day, the era, you know, of Nick Saban was wonderful. We'll always remember it fondly, but as a fan, we're going to have to move on to whoever the next hire is. And we're going to have to get on board with whoever the next hire is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with it just being a day later, Wendy, we can kind of get to that. And I don't know. I thought thought Nacho was going to jump in here. I've not seen him Jump well, in he here. just I, texted and he's saying yo, so I don't know if maybe he's trying to so get in. I'll put yo in there. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'll put yo in there. So, um, but let's get know, to the, the, huh? Let's get to the positives. Let me tell y'all what Nick Saban. And let me tell y'all why Nick Saban's the goat. So y'all know I don't like Carbo, and I'm not so sure Nick Saban does either. Saban didn't even give them 48 hours to celebrate their big win before Nick Saban became the number one news story in the country. So all this Michigan and Michigan won. We didn't even give y'all 48 hours to celebrate. Alabama is back at the top of the news and that's all anybody wants to talk about. So I'm going back to y'all suck it, Michigan. I think it's it's hilarious. Trey, he didn't even do 48 hours. You know, as well as I do that after a national championship game for the next three or four days, that's all ESPN and all of them talk about. Not today, because Saban came out and said, I'm retiring. Here's the new story. <laughs> I love you're it. Such I, love it. I, mean, I love it. I mean, you're such a fan. You I'm love such it. a fan. I love and, it. And, yeah, I mean, at some point it had it had to come out, Wendy. You know, and as far as moving on to the next coach, I mean, I, I know, you know, uh, you know, the Dan Lanning guy is coming up from Oregon, you know, I, for some reason, and I put this on the on one of my text threads, I've always thought, maybe this is way too old school of thinking, is I always thought, like, when Saban leaves, it's going to be somebody from within the program. And, 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 you know, I don't know who that person would be, but it would be somebody from within the program to try to hold it together, some continuity with the players, with some of the coaches, with the program in itself, right. at least for a couple of years. 
until, you know, because understand this, the way Nick Saban does it probably will not be the way anybody else that comes no. in and does it. This thing, either we're going to unwind it slowly, which if you brought somebody from in-house, that would happen, or this thing's going to come in and you're going to have a new coach, and all of a sudden it's kind of like when Bear Bryant left and, and Ray Perkins came in and he took the tower down. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have an unraveling really quick. Yep. Um so, you know, I, you know, talking to some people yesterday, they think this is just too much of a monster relative to how big the sport is to bring somebody from within and, and right. kind of do an on-the-job training. You know, a lot of people are talking about Kiffin. What, what are you thinking, Wendy? So, I want Kiffin. That's who I want. That would be my very first pick. Um, Kiffin, I think, is a, he's an offensive mastermind. I really like Kiffin. He's young. These kids seem to like him. He is. He understands the portal, the money. He, I think he's going to do really well with the transition of old school football, and now everybody gets paid, and if they don't like you, they're going to leave. And Right? I think he can fit that middle in there. Um, I... I I don't think Kiffin's coming though. I, I don't. I don't think Kiffin will come. Yeah, I don't I, actually, my conspiracy is Nick Saban wasn't going to say he was retired until a coach was already hired. Dan Lanning was there yesterday. Some of some Dan Lanning was there yesterday. Well, yeah. there was a private plane that left out of there, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> Dan Lanning was there yesterday. So my conspiracy is. If we already didn't have a coach, Saban wasn't to come out and said, and let me tell you why, for the people that don't know, Saban has a vested interest in Tuscaloosa outside of football. He's got dealerships. He's got companies. He's got kids. He's got grandkids. He has a vested interest in Tuscaloosa and in Alabama, okay? Not just I'm the coach. That ain't it, okay? I do not believe he would have come out yesterday without without us already hiring somebody. He He's not getting fired. It's not like we've had four or five, five-loss seasons and everybody's just tired of saving and it's time to go, right? Why would he have come out? if we didn't have somebody else to slide right in and yeah. trying to say that we can find a coach in three days. Come on, Trey. Now, yeah, no, you're on. right. There's yeah, something, no. something about this. In my opinion, Saban was involved with who we were going to hire. Saban was involved with all those conversations and Saban would have not said he was retiring until another coach was already in place. So let's say that they brought Dan Lanning in and he said, no, I don't want it. Saban went to come out yesterday and said he was retiring. That's what I believe. So yeah. I don't think this is a normal situation considering Saban's vested interest in Tuscaloosa. And when I say vested, I mean his own money is vested. So that's, yeah, that is not conspiracy. I actually think it'll be Dan Lanning. Um, and here's why I think it'll be Dan Lanning. And here's why I want Dan Lanning. And if Kiffin won't come. Five losses in two years. The guy lost two games this year. One, he probably shouldn't have lost if he wouldn't have done the field goals. You know what I mean? Like, I think if he'd have kicked those field goals, they win that first game um, against Washington this year. But he he coached as a graduate assistant with Saban, and then he went on with Kirby. So he won a national championship with us. He won a national championship with Kirby. So he likes the South. I think his wife is from Missouri. Um, So, you know. Listen, he's got a. He's got a big buyout though. Twenty supposedly his contract says twenty million dollars. Right for Alabama, that ain't nothing. Every see everybody keeps talking about that twenty million dollars to get to to get the be- one of the best coaches out there right now is nothing for Alabama. Look at what we did to get Saban. I mean, 
you know, I'm with you. I went back and forth because usually a program b- loses a really big coach. We'll go back to Penn State when they lost, what was it, Joe? Paterno. Uh, yeah, Paterno. When they, usually there's a downward spiral, and then, you know, mm-hmm. you figure a way to come up. But let's talk about if we could do more of a – I mean, it's a dip, but a more of a unilateral change. Yeah. Now, Trey, all we've got to do is figure out how to be in the top 12. I mean, think about what I'm saying. Like, it, 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 we got to figure out a way to be in the top 12 this coming up year, right, to stay in it. Not the top four, not the top two. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I listen, it, you know, I don't know. What do you think about Dabo Sweeney? No. So here's the deal. We have an actual love for for Dabo Sweeney. My dad coached Dabo Sweeney at Pelham High School. He was a great person. He was my little league umpire, my brother. Like personally, I love Dabo Sweeney. Trey, he's just as he doesn't want to flow with this new way of football either. He doesn't want to do it. It, it, it's old school versus new school. We've got to get somebody that can play in this portal, which is why I like Kiffin, and that can understand these kids want to get paid, and you're not going to be able to build four-year teams anymore. Well, but but uh, but I, I would I would kind of stop and say, you know, uh, okay, well that's how everybody's doing it now. But but you're, what you're going to start seeing, and I talked to Tyler yesterday. Uh, Tyler, you know, he's been around the game a long time, and he was yep. saying something that was kind of interesting to me. It's, it, you know, it seems like now what's going to start happening is the older your team is, the older your guys are, yes. are going to be the better team yes. in college football. It's a lot like college basketball with all of a sudden you're watching the tournament and, you know, these four teams are flying through the brackets. Yep. And you're like, well, we don't really know these guys. There's like, well, all four, you know, five of these guys have played for four years together and five of these people are 22. You know, there's some continuity to it. Yep. So, I mean, are you going to go the route? Let's just call Lane Kiffin because uh, I'm just well, – this is from the outsider's perspective. But Lane Kiffin, if I had to guess, is telling these people and a lot of other coaches are like, look, I'm not asking you to commit for four years. I'm asking right. you to commit everything you've got to next year. Next That's year. all I'm asking you to commit to. I'm not asking you to commit, the, you know, the next four years, three, two years. I'm asking you to commit. Will you commit to me to next year and see if we can put something together? Okay. You know, and I'm not saying that's what he's doing. I just appears right. that way. And that's right. what a lot of coaches are doing. I don't know right. taking him out. But, or are you the guy that says, hey, listen, we really want you and develop you as a player. And if you're right. going to stick with this program, I promise you, we will play in championship games. We will have, we will contend for national championships. And then obviously a lot of these guys want to go to the pros. So I don't know which school of thinking is right. Right, um, and it's going to come down to the coach. But what do you want? Okay, I ask you, Alabama fan, do you want a guy that's going to come in there and says, "Hey, we want you for one year, and we're going to put this team together for one year, and we're going to do that over and over and over and over again," or do you want a coach that says, "Hey, we really we understand there's going to be some one year players, right. but we really want to get players and develop them." Which coach would you go for, Wendy? I want number two, but I think that that still goes back to the old school way of thinking. When you're when Baylor can pay a running back eight million dollars, I mean, you're. I think you're still missing the money. Like no. these, all these kids are getting paid. Trey, all the 
Okay, well, here, but here's the point. I want but I want coach the, number two. I want coach okay, number two. Okay, so you want somebody to build the program and, yes. and, and build it up and have more of an organic type program, what we're typically seeing. People can still get paid doing that. People can still get paid doing that. And, and something else that Tyler brought up yesterday I thought was a good point. You know, the Yankees spend a bunch of money. The Dodgers spend a bunch of money in baseball. They've right. got $600 million a year teams. Do they win the national? Do they win the World Series every right. year? No, it's still going to come down to coaches and teams buying in. Right. Players and coaches buying into a certain system, to a certain method of teaching, and being able to produce on Saturday. So, well, do you feel like Dan Lanning can do that? Because 100%. right now he's at the he's at the top of the list. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. He's proven it with Oregon. Oregon plays good competition. I know they probably have some advantages over a lot of schools that they play, but but you know, and I always go back to this. Nick Saban proved a point that probably has been true throughout time. It's just been proved because we watch him all the time. You have got the people with the best players that can at least motivate their players to be in a team sport pretty good are going to win a lot of football games. Right. I mean, you can still have great players that are all individuals and they, you know, they go seven and six and everybody hates everybody. But if you can have the best players and you can get them to buy in, at least a little bit. You've got right. a shot at winning a lot of football games. So, you know, you know, I, I don't know, Wendy. It's just kind of a new day, and, and new day for Alabama fans, and really a new day for college football. Well, I will say I'm scared for my life right now. Um, like I'm scared out of your, I'm scared out of my mind because it's like. There's part of me that's like, why would Dan Lanning, if he didn't want the job, why would he come down? Why wouldn't he just sit on the phone? I'm not interested. How do we know he was down there? Do well, we there, know, are we doing the plane? Well, ES, ESPN, all of the news play, and there's been a private plane that left out of, I don't know the city that that Oregon's in, that, that came to Tuscaloosa. And it was all yesterday. And this goes back to my theory that I do not believe Nick Saban was going to tell anybody he was retiring until another coach was hired because he, I think he, again, the vested interest in Tuscaloosa in general, but also he's not leaving in any weird way. It's not, there's not rumors. There's not cheating scandals. This is just a dude that did a great job for 17 years. He's ready to go play golf. He bought him a house by Tiger Woods. Like he's just done, you know, he's done and cool. Right. But why would Dan Lanning even entertain a conversation? Why wouldn't he just sit on the phone? Uh, we're not interested. I've got something going here. Good luck. He knows Alabama. He coached Alabama. He knows the city. He knows what we want. He, he knows the fan base. This isn't like a guy that's never visited Tuscaloosa. Like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. So, I, I, I believe in my heart that Dan Lanning's already been hired. I, I believe that. I don't think we would have heard anything had there not been a coach hired. Yeah, yeah. And well, I honestly wish it would have been Kiffin. I'd have picked Kiffin over Lanning, but I just like Kiffin. I've been a fan at Kiffin ever since he left Tennessee and made all those Tennessee fans cry. Like, and he yeah, makes I, fun I, of himself when he talks about getting left on a tarmac. And I like people that can that that can you know own up to mistakes. And I like people like that. So I like Lane Kiffin. I just like Lane Kiffin. Well, one thing Lane Kiffin is doing is he's winning some football games. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to talk, and it's another thing to talk and win. He's yeah. winning some football games. Personally, not a huge – I mean, I'm a Kiffin fan. 
I just don't know that I want him roaming the sidelines at Brian Benny Stadium. Right. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I just, right. You know, I, I like watching him on TV. I mean, he's fun. I just, you know, kind of like having that crazy friend. I mean, you're well, what do you think about that? You hate for him to be. You know. Yeah. What do you think about Dabo then? You know, like, what Dab, you- to, to me, Dabo makes more sense now than it did five years ago or ten years ago. It, it really does, and, and I don't know that Dabo is the right fit right now. Um, you know, coming in right behind Saban, I don't, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. Um, but you know, if 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 Dabo puts in his run up there at Clemson next five, ten years, whatever it is, and you know has a good ten or fifteen years left on his on his deal. I can see Debo being the coach at Alabama at some point. At some point. I yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's – I don't really know if it's now. Um, I don't know if it's now. All right, Wendy, I guess Chris Nacho is not coming yeah. in today. He has a lot of work meetings. Um, yeah. And it, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't get caught up in a work meeting. But, Wendy, let's wrap this thing up. You know, Saban retires. It's a day – I don't know necessarily a day of mourning. It's a day of – It is for me. Yeah, it's just more of a day of 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 a big change coming for Alabama fans and really Alabama fans for the country. Yeah. Like it, it, we've just literally by taking Saban out of the game, we've made this an even playing field again. We really, I know it sounds crazy, but but I want to. I don't know stats, but I'm 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 going to throw some things at some people, and then we're going to get off here. Saban single-handedly got every single coach, quote-unquote, fired in the SEC. Fired in the SEC. They couldn't beat Alabama, so they got fired. Tennessee couldn't beat Alabama, they got fired. Dude, we've run through a 1,000 coaches in the SEC. There's only one that stayed. His name is Nick Saban. Let's talk about how we put Kirby Smart, Sarkeesian, Butch Jones, Lane Kiffin, all these guys on the map as as really good college football coaches. But let's talk about what he did for these grown men that made some mistakes in their college careers, got fired on tarmacs, couldn't stop drinking. You know what he did? He hired them. He hired them. Mm -hmm. And he rehabilitated them. And he was able to put them back out there where they can support their families and do what they love. And it's called coaching. So what Saban brought to college football is not just W's. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. What he did for college football is he spawned off four or five really good coaches, really good coaches. And and what he did for his players, his people, some of these coaches that 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 had bad reputations that he was able to bring in and show a better way. Man, you the stuff he's done for the sport is not just W's, is what I'm trying to say. It, it's yeah. more than yeah, and, and I think what how that kind of goes into it when he gave a bunch of guys chances, yes. you know, and and that's what in life as we're getting older, you know, it, it, you, you know, sometimes you just need somebody to give you a chance to let you get your feet back on the ground, and I think Saban's done that with the head with the, with the guys that you know that everybody knows about. But right. when, there's probably countless, <clears throat> excuse me, there's probably countless of people in these programs that he has done that for. Yeah. Um, I really think he kind of brought in maybe the, the you know, growing up watching football, if a player did something wrong, these coaches would just kick them off the team, yep. get them out, da 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 And I think <clears throat> he was one of the first that we remember. I mean, this, yes. this was probably done over time. But he started giving players other chances. I mean, it wasn't all of a sudden you did something wrong and you were kicked off the team. His mode was, would we rather have these people here Right. where we can help them and watch them or just back on the streets or back where they were going to maybe get in trouble. Now, I right. know that wasn't the case for all the guys, but a lot of guys, I thought that was something that really kind of developed in college football with with, yep. with Nick Saban. So 
Winnie, you're 100% right. We'll probably have to get back on here about the new coach yeah. <laughs> next Thursday. Um, but yeah. listen, it, you know, just like everything else, Nick Saban, it was a heck of a ride. Yeah. A lot of fun, good memories. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I will always take from this time with Nick, Nick yep. Saban at the University of Alabama. And Wendy, we're going to jump off here. Hope everybody yep. has a great day. And listen, congratulations, Michigan. If there is a Michigan fan still out there that followed this page just to see what we would say, Michigan, you did it. You won it. You 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 did what you had to do to get past Washington. It was a great game. You you really shut down their quarterback and you were able to get some things done. I'm, I, I'd love to say congratulations and mean it. I'll say congratulations and I probably don't mean it. But you are the national champion, Michigan, for the next 300 and some odd days, babe. Yes. And, and listen, yeah, Michigan's defense. I mean. Michigan, and you tried to tell me. And I'm sitting there going, oh, they've never seen. Oh, okay. Okay, Wendy. But I will say it took them overtime to beat me. And they played crappy and we played crappy. We both probably played crappy. But congratulations to Michigan. You won the whole thing. You did it. And, you know, we'll see if it stands. In a year and a half, they may take it away from you. Who knows? But we'll see if it stands. We'll see if it stands. All right. Well, Wendy, I love you. We'll get we'll get back on here next yep. week. I mean, we'll, we'll get back on here and see who the new Alabama coach is. But for now, you know, you turn the page, turn yep. to a new chapter, and um, I'm sure it'll be exciting as well. I love you. We'll talk love you. Soon. Roll Tide. All right. Roll Tide. Bye, babe. Bye.